You've tuned in to the Get Connected podcast with Mike Agarbo and John Beeler. We have a great program today. We will uh, be chatting about uh, the latest in electric vehicle news, including a new Ford Bronco retrofit. I guess it's not totally new. It's a 1972 Ford Bronco that uh, they're offering as this company that will put an electric motor in it. Half a million dollars Canadian. We'll tell you what they're doing to it and who might want one of them. We'll also be chatting about Android set-top TV boxes. These are those little boxes that they sell tons of on Amazon and other online sites that give you free movies and TV shows. Well, as you can imagine, that content is typically pirated. Well, the big players here in Canada, Rogers and Bell, they have sued a number of manufacturers of these and have won. We'll tell you uh, what that means for set-top boxes and uh, if they'll ever be able to collect that $30 million that they've been awarded. And we'll also chat about Google versus Sonos. Sonos, the big uh, multi-room audio speaker company, says that Google has infringed on a number of their patents. Did they win? Well, you'll have to uh, stay tuned. It's time to get connected. You're live with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here with my good friend, John Beeler. We've got an awesome program today. In a bit, we'll be uh, talking about Android TV boxes. These are those little uh, boxes you can buy on places like Amazon and online sites that uh, purport to give you free TV and movies once you just do that one-time purchase of the box. Well, a couple of the big guys, Rogers and Bell, have sued some of these Android box makers and have uh, been awarded a big settlement. We'll talk all about that and what that means uh, for you and me. And we'll also be uh, chatting about Google and Sonos. Sonos is one of the big multi-room audio companies that are out there. They've been around for a number of years. They make great speakers and systems for your home so you can listen to your favorite music. Well, Sonos sued Google over some patent infringements and we'll tell you what happened. It's a pretty crazy story. And we'll uh, be chatting about the latest uh, EV news, electric vehicle news for Broncos. Remember those, John? Yeah. Well, they're coming out with an electric version. Kind of. Kind of. A new one. But uh, there's a company that's actually retrofitting some older Broncos. You know, the old style Bronco, which was pretty cool. But you're going to have to get your wallet out. Yeah. For that. And we'll tell you uh, how much it's going to cost you and some of the details on that. Let's uh, talk about some of the news uh, this week, John. Uh, before we get into some of that, I, I got to tell you my Tesla service story. Yes, it's interesting. It, <laughs> I'm beginning to miss humans, John. <laughs> you know, I, I love my Tesla. I love having an electric car. Uh, I just love all the benefits of it. You know, less maintenance, and I save so much money on not having to gas it up anymore. Yeah. Uh, but occasionally, I've had to take it in for service. I had a squeaking problem. And I took it in. Oh, not only that, uh, the windshield wiper became unaligned and started smacking the hood of my car. <laughs> so causing a little uh, scrape of paint. Right. It wasn't too bad. So I took it in. And the only way to get service for your Tesla is to do it through the app. You can't phone them. This, if you try phoning Tesla, your, your local Tesla service center, it'll tell you, go to the app and make the appointment. Okay. You know, I'm a computer guy. I can get behind that. And so I did. And... I got it fixed the first time and they, <laughs> I guess they tried to uh, take a shortcut. They used touch up paint on that little scratch. You sure it wasn't just a Sharpie? It, it might as well have been a Sharpie because within, you know, two hours it was gone, right? Like the paint had <laughs> chipped off that. Uh, anyway, so 
I, I drove the car around for another couple of weeks, but the squeaking came back, but in a different location. So I had to make another appointment through the app. And I also said, hey, my, you got to deal with this paint chip here. Like, it's just not good. So anyway, I brought it in. And what they do typically is uh, while your car is being serviced, they give you Uber credits. Which is kind of cool. It's good. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. Uh, but I, I live pretty far from this Tesla service center. I live all the way out on White Rock, BC. And the one I went to is downtown Vancouver. So I don't want to be using Uber too much back and forth because there's not a lot of Ubers out in my area. No. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, you had a story about that even. Oh, yeah. It just goes on and on. So anyway, I, uh, yeah, so the, the Uber problem, if you don't have a lot in your area, like one morning I had this appointment downtown and, you know, I, I called for an Uber and it's like, it'll be 20 minutes or 25 minutes before it gets to your house, which if you used Uber before, that's a long time. Yeah. So anyway, okay, okay. I'm, well, that's why I called it early through the app. And anyway, about... 10 minutes before it's supposed to get there, the Uber driver calls me. Okay. And you know what the bugger does? He says, where are you going? I, I guess maybe it doesn't show in the app hmm. where I'm going. And I'm like, well, yeah, downtown. And he goes, okay, okay. Hangs up and then cancels the ride on me. And I'm like, oh my, I was so mad. But there's nowhere in the app to complain about it. No. No, because they don't want you to complain about it. No. So then I had to call another Uber which is another 25 minutes. Right. And so I got, I was late. For yeah. My, my yeah. appointment. Yeah. Your appointment was with me. Yeah. <laughs> and we were doing a global segment, <laughs> a live global segment. Yeah. Yes. It's not good. No. But anyway, so I'll get to my, my Tesla story here. My car's in for service. And so the only time you know, it's ready, you can look in the app, the different stages, but they don't really tell you when it's going to be done. You have to wait for the, them to actually either say in the app or they'll text you. Right. And so they text me basically saying, oh, your car's ready at 545. And they close at that time. <laughs> I'm like, come on. Couldn't some, someone just have phone me earlier? Yeah. Like a human. Yeah. But so I'm like, okay, fine. So it's too late for me even to get a hold of them because it's the end of the day. Yeah. So the next day comes and I try phoning them just to get an update because I know it fixed the one problem, the squeaking problem. Yeah. But I still had the paint chip problem. Right. And they said when I first brought it in, that might take a few days. So I wanted to get a hold of someone to find out, is everything ready? Because I don't want to come all the way down there if it's not ready. Yeah. So you can't do anything through the app. And I'm texting them because they, they have this texting thing going with me. And do you think anyone answers? <laughs> no. It's one of those do not reply to emails. And I'm like, I'm just losing my mind. So I'm, I try to phone them again. And you you phone into the Tesla service center. And it just basically tells you uh, all requests and communication must be done through the app. I can't talk to a human being. <laughs> You're sounding like an old man. <laughs> like, come on. Where are the, you know... Uh, occasionally we need humans like yeah, yeah. we don't need computers and all this automation all the time like a human would have saved so much time and frustration yeah on my part so finally i'm texting him i text him like 20 times you know where's my car where's my car where's my car and finally like oh we're sorry it's going to be another few days but uh instead of the uber credits do you want a loaner i'm like yes i'll take a loaner anyway i go in and they got the service guys there. I'm just like, hey, you know what? Your service system sucks. 
it doesn't work. Well, oh, we're sorry, you know, it's busy. And I'm like, I'm texting you 20 times. Yeah, you know, it goes into a pool. And so sometimes that falls through the cracks. I'm like, 20 times? You, you should have just phoned us, man. I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> are you kidding me? And I just said, okay. And I can see his hair's on fire because there's like, he's super busy. I'm like, hey, okay, let's just sit down and go through your phone menu right now. And you tell him, you show me where I could have talked to a human being. And he just looks at me. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay. I'll just show you where your courtesy car is. <laughs> and so he takes me down into the garage. And uh, I have a Model 3, which I love. But they gave me a Model X, you know, the yeah. the super SUV. And I'm just like, wow, that's that's great. And he's like, yes, we, we reserve those for only the customers we really like. And I'm like, well, that's good, because I don't really like you right now. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was just a frustration, John. Did you press zero when you were calling? John, I tried everything. Okay. Because a lot of people, you know, you wait to be told what numbers to press, but a lot of times you just press zero or you just keep pounding zero and you can get through. But anyway, I just, it's a cautionary tale for all the service centers out there, not just cars. Keep the humans in. Yeah. Keep the humans in because you know what? You're going to save yourself time and money. And I, I think I ran out of time for news. <laughs> we still have a great show. We have a great contest going on, John. Uh, we're giving away uh, some uh, Kingston memory packs. Yeah, some Fury Beast 64 gig RGB DDR memory kits. So if you've got a desktop computer that could use some new RAM upgrades, this is a huge pick pack too, and they light up. Got to like that. Yeah. Still a lot more to talk about. How would you like to have a Ford uh, Bronco for $380,000? That's electric. <laughs> well, we'll tell you what that's all about. And uh, the latest in the fight between Sonos and Google. Back after this. You're back with the program, Mike and John here. Don't forget to enter our, our contest, giving away some Kingston memory prize packs. We've got three of them worth hundreds of dollars each. If you're uh, looking to upgrade your desktop PC or maybe building your own right now, this is a great uh, package. 64 gigabytes of memory. And they're RGB. They light up. We've also got some really cool merch packs as well of hoodies, hats, and T-shirts. Go to getconnectedmedia.com to enter to win, and there's uh, more instructions on how you can get extra entries as well. And uh, if you tune into the rest of the program, the end of the show, we'll tell you how to get some bonus ones just for listening to today's program. We're going to talk music now, John, and specifically around Sonos and Google. Sonos is uh, one of the leaders in multi-room audio. They've been around for a number of years now. I've got it throughout my home. I think I've had it for, you know, 10, 12 years now. And it's amazing. You can get all sorts of different size and shape of speakers. They've also got little boxes that you can hook up to your own theater. And the nice thing is you can control all, all your music uh, either through the app or using your voice. So I've got it tied in with my Apple and my Spotify accounts. And it's amazing because I can have music playing in the whole house or in individual rooms as well. Yes. Whenever I'm at your house, we're always listening to something everywhere. Anyway, uh, Sonos is a little miffed at uh, Google. They uh, basically said uh, back in 2013, uh, they were bringing on the music subscription services into their platform. So you could listen to like, uh, you know, Spotify and back then uh, Google Play. Uh, And again, that was 2013. And Google agreed to build Google Play Music support for Sonos speakers. Sonos then claims now that Google used that access to in quotes, blatantly and knowingly, end quotes, copy Sonos's audio features for Google Home Speaker, which launched in 2016. So basically, 
uh, Sonos says that Google has infringed on a number of patents, I think five different ones, yeah. not only in the Google Home, but the Google Nest, the Chromecast, and even the Pixel. Wow. <laughs> it's a pretty big deal. I wonder where in this spectrum does Amazon fall into, and even Apple to a degree, because they all kind of have the similar kinds of services and features, right? It, it is interesting. Uh, I don't know all the technical details as to what the patents are uh, actually for, but essentially uh, Sonos has uh, come out on top uh, so far. Uh, the U.S. International Trade Commission ruled that Google infringed five of Sonos's smart speaker patents, and uh, the ruling is a preliminary and subject to a full ITC review. But it could lead to a ban on Google smart speakers. Yeah. Can you imagine if something like that happens where Google's forced to pull all their stuff from the market and potentially even turn off the service if you have them? I don't think it'll ever get there. What I think will happen is that the checkbook will have to come out and they will have to pay Sonos a lot of money. But, I mean, it's like a David and Goliath story when you look at it. Sonos, I think they have a market cap of about $5 billion, which, like... That's the catering budget at the Google Plus. <laughs> totally. That's the couch change they find in the, in the couches at Google headquarters. At Google, you know, they've got market valuations over a trillion dollars. I yeah. think $1.5 trillion. So, uh, you know, Google has a lot of money to throw at this. Couldn't they just buy Sonos? I wonder why no one has bought Sonos yet. I always thought like Apple would buy them. Yeah, yeah, that would make a make sense. I just, you know, again, I've been using Sonos, you know, for many many years now, and what I've loved about it is just how easy it is to set up and how bulletproof it is as well. Because there's been a lot of these systems that have come uh, along the way. I remember Logitech tried to come out with something, mm-hmm. and I remember them demoing it to me at one of the consumer electronics shows, and it just kept failing again and again and the things weren't syncing up uh, properly but you know these new smart speakers you know from google like their nest speakers uh, even amazon with their echo line uh, they all have that synchronized multi-room audio capability now so i guess in you know the google case here sonos is saying well that's thanks to us and our patents yeah it was interesting because apparently earlier this year in june google put sonos put google apple and amazon on notice for anti-competitive behavior in the smart home space at an antitrust hearing. Like, that's a pretty big deal. Again, that's 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 not David and Goliath. That's David and all of the monsters, you know? Like, yeah. Like, all the big companies. Basically, this is where I was asking, though, where does the line draw with the tech? Because this has been around for a lot of these companies for a while, and if it's a direct result of Google having access to this to just enable their services to work on Sonos that they've then, you know, propagated throughout other things. It's tough, you know what I mean? Like all these companies are developing all these different technologies. Uh, You know, I wonder how many are actually truly infringing on these different patents and how many are just kind of coming up with the technologies on their own. Well, yeah, that's always the problem with, with patents is sometimes there's an obvious solution to a problem. Yeah. And engineers just have to figure out how to build it and they can do that in isolation and come up with the same result. Yeah, I, I, I hope they find a way to work it out. You know, I think Google has done uh, an admirable job of building out their uh, digital uh, smart speaker line. I mean, do you remember when the Google Home first came out? Yeah. It was like magical mm-hmm. being able to use your voice and it's just really taken off. I mean, they, they're in a battle still with Amazon and, uh, you know, Alexa. 
but uh, I have both in my home, and I think they're yep. both serve different purposes. But uh, it, it just gets better and better. Like I just love the fact now I can use my voice to basically control my vacuums, and I can turn my TVs on and off mm-hmm. now with that. Yeah, even tell it what shows I want to watch now as well. Yeah, and I'll turn on your TV and position your your magically mounted TV. Well, I've got one of those magic. Yeah, the, <laughs> that that mount that's motorized. Yeah, I'm still figuring that out. Sometimes it just comes down by itself, I, <laughs> which drives my wife crazy. Just she just you know. It's just your daughter in the corner with the it, remote. It's further evidence to her that we should not have any of these smart devices uh, in in our home. Go back to your cave. But so you've got a lot of smart stuff in your home too, John. Yeah. Does it all work all the time? No. No. I mean, the 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 thing is, like you were mentioning it before about your Sonos and how good it's been for so long yeah i think the problem that a lot of people had when they didn't have sonos is that you got used to it not being very good yeah because i remember like i have a a three-level townhouse and i'd have speakers on different floors before i had um the amazon stuff which is what my house is pretty much built on i could i remember walking down the stairs and things would be out of sync and just weird and like annoyingly weird because if someone else is listening to something downstairs and i'm upstairs you get that bleed over as opposed to it being in sync. Yes. And it's really annoying. So that that's why I, you know, I always sing Sonos's praises because it's always worked. Like yeah. 99 times out of 100 compared to a lot of the other smart home stuff and music stuff I have, like it's glitchy, right? But Sonos has just been yeah. steady. Well, you know, and it also proves you get what you pay for cuz Sonos is a bit more expensive than the solutions that Google and Amazon have. Yeah. But I, I'm still blown away every time we talk about Sonos. You mentioned the fact that you've had these things for over a decade. Yeah. Like the same ones. Yes. Like in the tech space, that's incredible. Yeah. I mean, I, I've had issues. They've upgraded the app to a new app that some of the older stuff won't work with. But that being said, they created another app for that old stuff to work on. Yeah. So it's still usable. Yeah. Which is, like you said, John, something that's 10 years old in the tech world. Pfft. Yeah, that's retro. Yeah. <laughs> that's vintage. <laughs> I know, totally. Okay, we're gonna have to take another break. We s- we have so much more to talk about. We're gonna talk about those Android set top boxes that you can find on Amazon that give you free TV and free movies. Are they all that they're cracked up to be? Well, Rogers and Bell, they're suing those guys that make them, and they're winning. We'll tell you all about that. Stay tuned. You are back with the program, Mike Agarbo here with John Beeler. We're gonna talk. Uh, bit about uh, the latest uh, EV or electric vehicle news. A few stories we're following. Uh, one of them, uh, a Ford Bronco that you could pick up for a cool quarter of a million dollars. But before that, let's just start uh, with Volkswagen, John. And this was kind of an interesting announcement this week. Uh, they have announced uh, that people who purchase their new 2021 VW ID4 will actually get free charging through Electrify Canada. And uh, that's a pretty good deal. What other car company gives you three years of basically free gas? <laughs> it's it's not bad. Uh, Electrify Canada is a company that is uh, building charging stations uh, across Canada. You might have uh, noticed them in certain locations. Uh, I think the cool thing about them, John, is that it's not just one charger. They've got typically banks of them. Yeah, I used one when I went to Tofino with you camping a few weeks ago, and it was great, and it's a very fast charger as well. Uh, yeah, that's important. So they've uh, got, I think, both 150 kilowatt and 350 kilowatt chargers. Uh, they are going to be uh, 
having, I think, uh, close to 500 individual chargers across Canada by 2025. Uh, but uh, three years of unlimited complimentary charging is uh, something definitely to look at. Because I, I have a Model 3 Tesla, and I don't get free supercharging. I have to pay for that. Yeah. Well, that, that's the thing as part of the value proposition of an electric vehicle is do the math. How much are you spending on gas versus charging at home versus charging at a third-party uh, charger? And in this case, I mean, Electrify Canada is not everywhere yet. Like, they're not every couple of blocks like a gas station would be, but they're still pretty much everywhere you need to go. And, you know, these vehicles have a lot longer range now. So even if you have to make a run to the, the nearest charger to get a free top-up, you're probably saving... I don't know, like 60 to $100, depending on what your gas vehicle would be charging you. Exactly. Uh, let's move on to some of the other news out there, uh, John, uh, in the EV world. Uh, we've been talking a bit about this uh, Ford Bronco. They are going to be coming out with uh, their own electric uh, version of that. But uh, there's a company that's actually retrofitting some older ones. Yeah, this is kind of cool. I mean, it's not inexpensive, but it's a neat idea to take some of these old classic cars, in this case, a very classic Bronco from 1972, and take out the gas vehicle guts and put in a battery and all the motors you need to do that. That's pretty cool. It's expensive, though. Uh, it's close to a quarter of a million dollars for the, uh, I guess, the the cheaper version, and it can hit as high as 380000 And this is U.S. pricing. That'd be close to 500000 Canadian. Yeah, that's a lot of Teslas. And a lot of Volkswagens. You can get a whole fleet for your family and and, and friends uh, for that. But, I mean, you know, the 72 Bronco definitely has a classic look to it. Absolutely, yeah. And it's just kind of cool. I imagine the looks on people's faces when you roll up with this truck that doesn't make truck sounds. Yeah, it's kind of sad, though, in a way, John. You know, um, I, I like electric vehicles. I think uh, it you know, definitely is the future. I'm all for it. I've got one. But it's kind of sad when they kind of rip out the guts of these older vintage cars. Yeah, well, they can just play a wave file of the, the grumbling engine if they wanted to. <laughs> or any other noise that uh, you want. Uh, some other interesting stuff, uh, you know, obviously uh, all the car manufacturers are getting into producing electric vehicles. Uh, GM and their Silverado truck has an interesting feature. Yeah, it's got this really cool four-way steering, all-wheel drive, basically. So all four wheels can turn. Apparently, this system is designed to reduce the vehicle's turning radius at lower speeds and improve handling and control at higher speeds. Plus, I kind of think you can probably parallel park straight in. It's kind of like a crab almost. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, I, I know some other cars are you know are doing this, uh, but uh, it, it's kind of interesting some of these innovations uh, in these new vehicles. I know the Silverado; I think it's their 2022 model they're talking about. It's not even out for a couple of years here. Yeah, and they haven't even announced their price range yet, so um, it'd be interesting to see how this you know stacks up against the other trucks at that time. Because there's also the Rivian and the Hummer's EV, and we've also got the Ford F one fifty EV as well. Yeah, you know, I, I think the big thing, though, over the next couple of years, John, uh, you know, as far as electric vehicles are concerned, it's just getting the price down to uh, a range where it, it gets more mainstream. And that's why I'm kind of excited about Volkswagen with their ID4, uh, for example. Like most of the cars and trucks we're talking, they're up there, John. You know, they're like 50000 yeah. to like over 100000 by the time the dust clears. Do you know what I mean? Well, the interesting thing that we've talked about with the trucks and EVs is where are you going to charge it if you're towing a trailer? 
you're not. Like all the chargers <laughs> I've seen so far, you'd have to uh, unhitch the trailer. Yeah, that sounds convenient. Did you see this thing about the Royal Bank? Uh, if you have an RBC credit card, you can actually get a year of free charging at Petro Canada as well. No, I'm all That's in. very cool. Yeah. Yeah. RBC Visa Infinite Avion and Cashback World Elite MasterCard, you get one free year of EV charging. And Petro Canada is really kind of sort of trying to keep up with Electrify Canada as well. And they're just adding lots of locations across the country. So the idea is that you can go from Vancouver to Nova Scotia, basically on an electric vehicle at these charging stations. I have an RBC Visa. I'm going to have to check that out. Yeah. Okay. We're going to have to take a break when we come back. More tech to talk. Stay tuned. You are back with the program. Mike and John here. Going to chat about uh, Android set-top TV boxes now. These are uh, a popular item that you can find on a lot of online sites. I think Amazon sold a lot of these as well. Essentially, they're uh, tiny little mini computers that uh, will run a version of uh, Android where you can uh, download uh, the latest TV shows and movies, in most cases, for free. And uh, obviously, that's a very enticing proposition <laughs> for a lot of people. You know, obviously you don't have to uh, get all the paid subscriptions or cable TV. Well, the big, uh, the big guys, Rogers uh, and Bell, uh, have won a court case against a, uh, a slew of companies, and uh, they have been awarded uh, judgment for $30 million in damages uh, against these set-top box sellers. Thoughts, John? They're never going to see a dime. You don't think? No. Well, I mean, if those companies are even still around, I think it's going to be very difficult for them to get get the money. Um, it, it's just a little interesting, this decision. Like, I struggle with this because it's a, just an arbitrary judgment against a company or a, a group of companies, it looks like, that infringed on content. We don't know specifically what content was infringed upon. They make some estimations based on the the you know looking at the software boxes that were out there and the types of services there. But what if Bell and Rogers didn't have any rights to the movies that were streamed on this these boxes? Well, that's the question. Uh, the I guess uh, defendants uh, didn't uh, put up a fight in any way or respond to the uh, the lawsuit, so they. Basically, uh, we're awarded, Rogers and Bell, $10,000 per infringed work. Uh, so, uh, you know, that was uh, to about uh, almost 3,000 different, I guess, movies or TV shows that were, I guess, made uh, available illegally. And they were awarded the maximum amount of $10,000, which basically worked out to about $30 million. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's an interesting little math equation that they have for how they did that all. So, I mean, it's just the tip of the iceberg, though, John. Like, these set-top boxes, I guess, were already programmed with the the apps that would allow people to watch these pirated movies and TV shows. But anyone can basically buy one of these blank boxes and put their own apps on it and do it themselves. Yeah, you can hack an Apple TV. You can hack any any service that any anything that plugs into your TV that has the potential to show you a list of menu options, you can put this on your Xbox, you can put this on all kinds of different things. What these companies were doing is they were saving you the hassle of finding these these tools and services. And in some cases, I think they were probably not even all working. Like you're just being a, buying a prepaid bo- a pre-made box with a bunch of plugins installed, essentially. And not all those plugins work because that was one of the challenges that the the actual copyright owners 
had is that they would be going after these services that were typically somewhere in Europe or Asia, and they would basically try to shut down that company's ability or that it's not even a company. It's like a person's usually their ability to just like their ISP would they shut off their ISP, for example. So then basically these plugins would stop working because there's no internet connectivity for them. And so this, these companies, yeah, they were selling these prepackaged boxes, but they weren't selling the content. They were selling the means to get the content. So are they going after the wrong guys? I guess you got to go after someone, right? Because piracy yeah. is not good. Uh, I think Bell says that it costs them uh, anywhere from 500 to $650 million per year or, or cost Canadian broadcasters. I don't know how they came up with that number, but let's just go with it. Yeah. So that that's not a small chunk of change, right? No, but it's it's an arbitrary value based on some math, based on a bunch of things. Who's to say that the content they're streaming is actually even copyrighted material? What if they're watching somebody's wedding video in China or something like that? Who knows, right? Like we don't know, and there's no concrete proof other than the fact that these boxes were capable of doing this type of activity. Yeah, it's. Um, I, I hate to use this analogy, but it's like uh, going after the guys that sell guns and charging yeah. them for the murder. Right. Yeah. No. It's it, 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 it's a bad analogy, but it's kind of yeah. kind of fits. Yeah. It, well, yeah, it, it does fit because these guys were just providing a service. And honestly, like I've seen these boxes. I've even played around with some of this stuff just so I understand it all. It's literally a one-click script that you run. Like yeah. it's not hard to do this. Like like I said earlier, you could just buy these things yeah. and put the, those apps on them yourself. Yeah. There's lots of YouTube videos on how to do it all too. Like it's yeah. not hard. These guys were just saving a step by having, you know, and, and not everyone's technically inclined. I mean, hopefully that's why you're listening to the show. Yeah. So you're trying to hear some stuff, although we're not going to show you how to do that. Um, but, you know, those people, they just want to be able to like buy a box, plug it in and it'll just work. But there's just so many flaws with that process like i said earlier those plugins and those services typically would always be changing because the the copyright holders like the warner brothers of the world and that type of thing they would be going after the main source of that service or plugin the servers that are streaming the actual yeah. content and the thing is john i've i've tried the these as well just to see what they're all about and the quality is not good in many cases you know what i mean like they they advertise you can get the you know the latest movies just released and that and sure but it's crappy yeah in, in many cases it, i mean it depends on the content like yeah if you're looking to watch or get caught up on game of thrones for example yeah maybe those are fine because you know but Typically, when it's like the latest movies that are in theaters, you know, maybe in the before times, yeah, um, they would be like a really bad camera job, like a handheld camera in the theater kind of version of the movie. So you're not getting good quality. So there's that, but I'll, that that's not a reason for it to not exist either, right? I, I think though, I, I, over the past five, six years, it's just gotten a lot better as far as choice and, you know, all the different subscription services that are out there. And it, I think it really has brought the price down in yeah. many cases. You know what I mean? There's not just cable TV anymore. And I got to be honest, the more you look at cable TV, it's not a bad value for all the content <laughs> you get, right? Yeah. When you start adding up all the different subscription services. But you know what? For a lot of people, uh, Netflix for under $20 have access to thousands of TV shows and movies. And that's a hell of a deal. Yeah. And so, there, but there's Disney, there's yeah. 
you know, Amazon. There's so many different services now. So, you know, for I guess for a lot of people, why even bother going down, you know, these crappy set-top Android box Well, and that's the other point that we didn't really make is that usually these are older Android boxes that are woefully underpowered. Yeah. They don't have enough memory. They don't have any storage. So all they're doing is just connecting to these illegal streams of content. And even then, it's buffering. It's clunky. It's crappy. Yeah. It's crappy in many cases. So uh, it, it's an interesting story. On, on one hand, uh, I think they're going after the wrong guys, but I guess you got to go after someone. Uh, I think it's better if you go after the actual servers that are streaming this. I know that's a whack-a-mole game, and it always has been and always will be. Yeah. But I think the better that these content providers and these broadcasters get at providing the content in cost-effective, easy-to-consume ways. Like, now we can watch shows on our phones and our tablets and our video game consoles. It's just become so easy to get the content where it wasn't that easy before. Well, and, and I think, too, what makes people go to these types of services is when they want to watch content that's not available in our country, for example. Yes. Because, you know, they're having to deal with all the rights management and all the stuff that goes with that. And It's true. So, you know, you want to watch the new show for whatever, but it doesn't come out for like a month in Canada because it's, you know, airs in the U.S. first or wherever. But, you know, there's more of these subscription services. You know, like, remember all the U.K. shows? Yeah. They were kind of hard to get. I mean, they were only on like PBS <laughs> yeah. back in the day. But now, you know, they've got things like BritBox and Acorn TV yeah. where you can pay a monthly fee for under 10 bucks and get access to all those great U.K. shows. And there's more and more of those for different countries happening as well. But I, I think you're right, though. I think this proves the point that if you make it accessible and affordable, there's much less incentive for piracy. Yeah. Like, I have friends back in the day that uh, would pirate satellite signals. Yes. You know, yeah. they'd get the bell box, and they'd so, I don't know how they did it, but they'd get, like, the, the security card and, you know, yeah, and get free satellite TV. Well, and it's a constantly moving goalpost, too, right? And then that was the same problem with these streaming boxes, is that... Like you said, the whack-a-mole servers would change and then like, well, okay, now where do I get this content from? Like, it's good for a week and then it's done. Okay, we're going to have to take a break. A lot more uh, tech to talk here on Get Connected. Uh, we'll also be chatting about the latest EV news, electric vehicle news. And remember the old Ford Broncos? Yeah. How would you like to get an electric version? Get your, get your wallet out. Yeah. It's a quarter of a million dollars. We'll tell you all about it back after this. You're back with the program, Mike and John here. We are giving away a great set of prizes uh, this month, uh, courtesy of Kingston Technology. Uh, we've got three sets of their Fury Beast 64 gigabytes RGB DDR memory kits. I know that's a mouthful and most listeners are going, huh? Well, if you've got a desktop PC or you're building it, your own computer, this is a great prize package to win because it'll really beef up the performance and speed of your computer with this memory. We're also giving away a bunch of merchandise packs as well. So uh, some exclusive Kingston branded uh, clothes, you know, hats and t-shirts and, and what have you. So lots of prizes going on. And again, go to getconnectedmedia.com. And John, for the radio listeners today, there's some extra ways to get, or an extra way to get more entries. Well, yeah, you basically go there, you sign up if you're not already signed up and there's instructions on how to do additional things. This week is kind of fun because those merch packs, we made you dress up in them for our TikTok video. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I'm cringing already. You're, you're not going to get the ones that Mike wore. No. That may be a different contest. Yes. But you get to see this video and that's all you have to do. You just have to watch the video. You don't have to sign up for TikTok or anything. You don't have to download an app. Just click the link and watch it and you'll get additional entries for this prize pack. And that's right on our website at getconnectedmedia.com. want to thank uh, John and Christina that helped put the show together and the rest of the folks uh, back at the studio. Mike and John signing off. We'll see you again next time.